This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 18th, episode 1955, brought to you by Omega Alpha Equine. Good morning, Horse World. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. I didn't know. Well, it was your fault, so. Behind our masks, we're perfectly ordinary people. And now, our perfectly unordinary host, Jamie Jennings. Really? <laughs> Just remember, my friend, that payback can happen. And Glenn the Geek. I'd have to get new tight. All right, we're sorry we're a little late this morning. Uh, the diva had to fix up her computer and get it working. So The uh, diva who has a complete POS computer that died this morning. So I had to like somehow create another working computer. I don't want to hear about it. I thought I handled it very well. Glenn's like, we're just going to go with it. I'm like, I can't work like this. I can't. You were rather sounding like a diva there at one point. Oh, when I said that, I was like, I can't work like this. I totally was like, oh, my God. Such a bee. <laughs> what is my problem? You do get used to doing it one way after 2,000 episodes, and then... <laughs> do you know that for the last 12 years... Now, we've been doing this show for eight years, right? Yeah. The, for the last 12 years, I've been using the same set of headphones, and they only ha the right ear is broken off of them, and so <laughs> now I can only do a radio show with my left ear... And I want everybody to know I've offered to buy you headphones, but you love that. You just won't give them up. I can't do it. I, I don't know what I would do if I had to hear it through both ears. So I will be in about six more months deaf out of my left ear. So <laughs> it's, yeah, you do. You get, you know, it's like riding a horse. You get used to the same, like, where's my tack? Where's my horse? Where, you know, and I think one of our listeners was talking about how she came to her boarding facility and the barn manager had switched her horse's stall. And she got to the shell. She's like, what? Where's my horse? He must have, like, she thought he ran away. I mean, that's how, that's how we all get so set in our routines. And if one thing changes, then it throws it all off. So um, people can commiserate with me. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. Jennifer was practicing getting on and off the wrong side, the you know the opposite side. Oh Lord, have mercy! It's like you're paralyzed or something. She, she, that's what she said, and she she hurt her ribs. Apparently, you know he he <laughs> he thought it was weird too, and started walking or something. Ha I don't know what happened, but she hurt her ribs doing it. So she said, "I, I just." She's too old for that. That's right. Okay? That's when, what... <laughs> when you're 12, practice on both sides. When you're over 40, like I've realized that half my body has shut down it when I hit 40. <laughs> And I'm only like six months in, you know, but still, it's like amazing how things just close off. Well, muscle memory and too, right? The muscles aren't remembering yeah. doing it that way. That's it's not, not the way we do it. not remembering much. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> Jemmy, are you here? I am here, coach. We have Jemmy here today because we have a little bit of a mixed up schedule explained later in the show, but Jemmy is filling in for Jennifer today. So Jemmy, what is coming up? <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad you asked. On today's show, guest Allison Cockrell joins us from the Urban Herd in Washington to tell us all about the fun that happens over there. We give you the latest in equestrian first world problems. And Leslie Wiley joins us to talk with writer Kelsey Riley about the Mongol Derby. Very good. Thank you, Jemmy. Appreciate it. Time for Daily Winnie. I have a really long Daily Winnie, so here we go. Well, as everybody probably knows, if you listen to Friday's show, we were at the American Horse Publications Conference over the weekend in Hunt Valley, Maryland, at the most horsey hotel I've probably ever stayed at. And it was a good time. We had a lot of fun. Well, they have the awards banquet on Saturday night, and we have some congratulations to put out there. Remember last year, we were the top equine podcast uh, last year. Yes, we did win. It was Swanky Awards show. We're all dressed up, mostly drunk. Awesome. Well, some of us were mostly drunk. Um, <laughs> that came up in conversation. They were uh, free. What were they going to do? <laughs> they can. That might have come up in conversation about your drinking <laughs> habits. Um, so, I have to congratulate a bunch of people. Uh, Reese and Philip for second place for the Dressage Radio Show and Best Equine Podcast. Congratulations to them. And in first place, they got beat out by another horse radio network show, Scott, over at the Pollock Report uh, he, for Around the Track. So, uh, yeah, And, you know, both of them are well-deserved. Scott deserved it, too. Uh, he put out a really good show. Unfortunately, it's not going anymore. But uh, I did see Ray Pollock there, and I put in a, I put in a request. I said, you know, all the listeners are really missing the show. And he said, oh, it's just so much work. And that's the reason Scott had to, because he yeah, also has a what? job at the Pollock Report. So let me, yeah. let me just tell them, let me reach out and just say, it doesn't have to be so much work. You guys don't have to overproduce it. Listen to this show. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it doesn't have to be this much work. So That's right. We won an award, too. Show. So. Yeah, yeah, we are the we're the first ever winners of the podcast. That's category. true. That is true. So he he can listen to this show and get some. Tips. I tried all of that, believe me, and I know everybody misses around the track, including us. <laughs> so um, it's my favorite. Yep. We also want to congratulate Lisa Waisaki, who won, you know, the book we're reading on Wednesdays. Well, the fourth edition of that book with Kat Enright. She won for Best Equine Fiction Book. Uh, so, Spoiler alert, Kat doesn't die. What? She's like about to die in the book. So uh, Apparently no, not. No, Everybody no. knows there's four more. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a big congratulations to her. Also, Stephanie Ruff of Arabian Racing Radio for taking a couple of awards for her Arabian Horse Life magazine. She won a couple of awards for that. Debbie Laux won for Best Infographic, and that was one she did on teaching people how to listen to Horsemanship Radio podcast. Uh, and I know you you probably saw that one. She she had put it out on Facebook a bunch of times, but it was a cool infographic that really explained it. And she won uh, for Best Infographic. And thanks to everyone, all the auditors who came out on Friday night to meet with us and have dinner. It was a blast. We had a great time. Some of them drove for like three hours to get there in D- Washington, D.C traffic i love that glenn takes a regular dinner with friends and listeners and turns it into like some focus group so apparently 
there are some new rules because you, you jerk faces <laughs> complained about some things at dinner. Now I'm in trouble. Thanks. Not true. Not true. Again, the diva. Um, but <laughs> diva day here on horses. <laughs> but it was fun. We had a great time. We were there for a couple hours, and they arranged it. They set it all up, and uh, Lisa and Stephanie and I went down, and it, we we really did have a good time visiting with everybody. So thank you so much to everybody that came out. It was it was a good night, a lot of fun. Uh, and now I am done with my daily winnies. Dad, talking about being 40 and it, my God, everything hurts. So this weekend I went to Coconino Horse Trials. Well, it wasn't the Horse Trials division. It was actually a schooling, a cross-country schooling, where they open it up and people basically pay to come in school and have a, do a clinic with a, an area instructor. And some reason they consider me an area instructor. And so I went up and taught and people actually signed up for lessons with me, Glenn. No. What? Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I taught like a whole pony club. I had some Were adults they surprised I had some that teenagers. It was actually you that showed up. <laughs> you know, they all knew what they were getting into. So oh, okay. I, I don't know. They were just there. It, but it, it went great. It went great. So Saturday, which was really interesting, adventures are crazy because it was pouring down rain. Pouring down rain, but there's no lightning, so you ride <laughs> or you teach. So I taught um, and rode. I rode Zeus in the first. In my daily when he goes out to everybody who signed up for a lesson with me, and they all survived, by the way. And I was the most popular instructor because I had the cutest pony club group. Oh, my gosh. Ponies and little girls on giant horses. It was so much fun. Um so Saturday we all rode in the pouring rain and I rode Zeus in the first group. And when it came time to ride magic, I, I was still pouring down rain and I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I was like, she will fall over in that mud. She's not the most like organized with her feet. And I was pretty darn cold. So I opted just to ride her on Sunday. Um, but oh my gosh, she did amazing. She came out. She was a little feisty. It's very scary to be in the woods and horses galloping by you and, and all this is the precious, activity. Precious Gallop Magic, Gen whatever that is. Yeah, Precious Magic Gallop Jennings went to <laughs> wow. a horse a cross country I facility. I did see we the jumped. pictures, and and you know, for thirteen what three hand pony, you don't look yeah. too big on her. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, because I feel like you know when you know when a hot girl walks in the room, how every guy looks over and like. Oh, we're, uh, let's scratch that. A hot girl walks in the room and every other girl looks at her and then like runs the eyeballs down her body and yeah. back up and gives us like judging look. That is how I felt. Like everybody looked, not that I was a hot girl, that I was the weird girl that was <laughs> on, like, I was a like fat girl on a little pony. Like that. I was like, oh God, how could she ride that poor pony? And the pictures, God. it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> I was like, I got to shorten my stirrups, <laughs> crouch down a little bit, but yeah, she did great. Um, Zeus, on the other hand, if I, if I may be honest with our listening audience, do you want to hear a little bit of my, my yeah. mental drama that I'm having? Yeah. Um, because I, I, I'm honest. I didn't tell anybody about this, uh, at the event, um, because eventers just don't talk about stuff that's wrong with their horses. Um, but I wrote them on. Saturday and it was pouring down rain and I had this new cool pad, saddle pad uh, for uh, for cross country and it was really long and it kept slipping back and I got to the point where about ha 
maybe a quarter of the way through, I would jump a fence and he would buck like crow hop buck kind of thing, like pitches back end up in the air. Oh, that's not much fun. And, and the more I went, the worse it got. And finally I'm at the water jump and I jump a jump coming out of the water and he just knows between his knees bucks. And it was getting, yeah, not fun. And it was kind of embarrassing because here I am with all these like people learning. You're the instructor. (laughs) I'm that girl with like the trouble horse. So I quit and I was like, I think it's a saddle pad. It was a mono flap saddle pad and it's really long and it kept slipping back and, and it was kind of going over his hips. And I thought, well, he's a diva, but let's just not, let's just not push it. So I just kind of walked him around and taught the rest. You have to listen to your horse, you know? So the next morning I realized, okay, it's beautiful. It's sunny. I'm just going to go out on my own. I'm going to warm him up in the arena. And then you head down to cross country. And I was like, I'm just going to just put him in a start box and take him on course and see if it's any better. So I warm him up in the arena over two or three or four jumps. And he's fine. And I take him down to the start box and I put him in and I'm like, okay, go, you know, so it's so beautiful. And it's like this cross country heaven that awaits me in the distance. And I know the course and I've got the whole thing in my mind and I take off and fence. Number one, he soars over number two soars over number three jumps over number four jumps and bucks. Number five, jumps and bucks number six jumps and bucks Hmm. and then number seven i pulled him up so there's something wrong with my horse so i just in the effort to like continue to listen to your horse i noticed this as well just in the past couple weeks i go to put the bridle on him which typically you just put the bridle on him and recently he's been not letting me put the bridle on him like it's been like become a little bit of a wrestling match and that to me is a really big indicator of a horse's demeanor like discomfort level when you go to get on it's like oh here it comes i don't want to i don't want to start so now to be fair yes. my hackney pony's been that way since day one and that well, has never- <laughs> so. being there since day one is one thing yeah right being perfect at it and then all of a sudden well of course the behavior. horse has ulcers jamie it's simple I'm sure it has ulcers and it, he needs peppermint oil rubbed <laughs> right. on his eardrums and ear lobes, right. you know, That's and uh, right. he needs some sort of like enema and maybe a chiropractor. And he needs a coffee acupuncture. enema. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically the problem is there's something going on with my horse. So of course, poor Dr. Hendricks, I call oh, her on no. a Sunday. <laughs> so she'll be out here Tuesday morning to give a, give Zeus a once over. Back? You think There's it's back? Just, you think, or I, did you change it to a different pad the next day? I did. I yeah. went back to my poly pad to like every kind of, and I went back to our regular dressage bit, you know, thinking, well, maybe I have a cross country bit that's not heavy, but it just has a little bit of pole leverage. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe that's bothering him. No, that, he, he just, the longer he worked, the worse he got, which is how it was on Saturday. So there's something going on and, and an effort. So of course I'm have scheduled to compete in a couple of weeks. So I've had to scratch from that before closing day because they don't let you scratch the day of, or you don't get your money back. So right. I had to scratch. So now I'm not competing and I've got a bunch of students going and no me. Um, so it really sucks. And I'm really worried about my horse on the other side. Um, magic was amazing. So I, I had a bad day and a good day. So, you know, did anybody I, I look must- at magic and say, I want to buy that pony from you? You know, shockingly, not one person. (laughs) (laughs) She was quite fractious at the beginning, Glenn, but then I opened her up and let her gallop a little bit, and then she was all better. What's she like to gallop, by the way, after galloping Zeus and then galloping the little pony? That must be kind of funny, actually. 
So I'll just tell you what, I did not get into point. I set that puppy because I just felt like she's going to fall. Like <laughs> I've never seen her gallop. She doesn't gallop. She's like precious magic walk Jennings. You know, <laughs> she would rather do nothing than something. That's a typical so pony, isn't it? She, yeah. The fact that it was just this kind of like big hill that went up and I just like let her go and bitch took off. I, I actually said, Abby, she, Abby was down the hill and I turned around and I said, Abby, I don't know if I'm getting run away with or not. I think she's, I think she thinks she's running away with me. Of course I could just stop her, but she thinks she's tough enough to, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm just going to let this play out. And she got to the top of the hill. And of course we're at like 9,000 feet elevation. She's like, <gasps> oh God, <laughs> I can't breathe. And it's like a, like a dog. A tired dog is a good dog. A tired horse is a good horse. After that, she was fantastic. It's funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm tired. Yeah, I'm right. Sore. I'm sitting at a pony that thought she was running away with me. Well, that's a bummer about Zeus. I'm- yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm not not happy about it. So we'll, well just, we all know uh, it's ulcers. I mean, that's the given. So yeah. I don't even know why well, you're having the vet out. So. <laughs> I need um, some sort of what? What's the popsicle recipe you started? Oh your yes, so yeah, I'll yes. just do that and he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be good. I mean, my God, this is a Mustang who's supposed to be super tough, and I'm already like soaking his hay. <laughs> He's such a diva. I have to give him a starch-free grain. I have to watch his <laughs> diet. I have to make sure that he's, you know, not too hot and he gets overheated easy. I'm like, God, you are the diva. I, maybe, maybe we're perfect for each other. Honestly, <laughs> both princesses. Well, we know Omega Alpha has a lot of stuff for stomach problems. You're right. I should get involved. I should put him on the Biotic 8. It would solve all my problems. And actually, at the Regenerac EQ, actually, I will put him on that. I have some of that. Glenn, you're a genius. I was just saying. You really so should. That is their... I like, mean, it can't hurt, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of their go-to major major uh tummy stuff so i'll check that out in biotic eight and and that tends to really make a difference and you know i only put them on that every horse i get i put on biotic eight because they have the prebiotics and the probiotics and everything that the horse needs to kind of get in a system and it is amazing how quickly their coat changes when they start to have a healthy gut and healthy digestive system so it's not like you know, you go to the feed store and you can buy that little jar of probiotics, but that doesn't encompass everything. Like Omega Alpha's Biotic 8 is the prebiotics and the probiotics. And, and they, I've heard that the prebiotics is the probiotics is like the tree and the prebiotics is the root. So you actually kind of get a little bit deeper into the gut health using Biotic 8. So I definitely recommend that. And look, I'm going to take my own recommendation. I'm online shopping right now. Thanks, There you go. Omega Alpha Equine. (laughs) That's where you find it. So, you know, uh, we had a great time over the weekend at this event. Uh, It's always a lot of fun to see the people from the magazines. All of your, you know, all the magazines everybody reads is there. Um, and I got to spend some time with the with the Horse Illustrated people. And oh God, that magazine's been around for how long? A hundred years. Okay. Uh, I subscribed I, to Horse Illustrated when I was a kid, and every month I, think I would just did. wait. Didn't they? Yeah, you wait for the centerfold. <laughs> That's right. And the, and I would say that to my dad, and he was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> do they still have a centerfold? I'm sure they do. I, you know, it's 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 geared towards younger 
equestrian, so I don't subscribe anymore, but I would have the centerfolds hanging up in one side of my room. And my mom loved that I put tape on the walls. And so I would put tape and I had centerfold after centerfold, you know, of the middle of the magazine. Of course, for those that have never subscribed, the centerfold is a horse. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. A, a specific breed. And so not. Yeah, it's a little like different Playboy. than centerfolds we tried to find as uh, teenage boys. <laughs> teenage yeah. A little, little different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, and you know, I one of the things that surprised me, and I think it probably did you last year, too, when you were at this conference, is the number of horse magazines that I've never heard of that are out there. And, you know, you and I hear about a lot. I mean, we over the last 2,000 episodes, we've talked to a lot of people and heard about a lot of things. But there are some magazines. I was walking around the room. They have this room, by the way. This would be heaven for anybody that, that's a horse person. They have this room where they set up, and you can put out, all the magazines bring piles of their magazines to share with the other media, and they set them out. And you literally could walk away with about 100 pounds of magazines. I mean— <laughs> I did last year. You did, see? And aren't there, there are literally 150 magazines all around the room. And If I, I was not married, there would be 4,000 pictures from those magazines hanging in my bedroom. <laughs> You'd still be my that. My house would look teenager. like a 13-year-old girl lived there. <laughs> You'd still be that teenager. Hey, I got to ask Jamie a question before we get to our first guest. So after hearing Jamie talk this morning and after hearing all our Wednesday segments on horse health, uh, does it make it sound like to a non-horse person that owning horses is just the worst mistake you're ever going to make? Uh, no, it, it sounds like it's a terrible mistake if you don't go into it eyes open because it comes with a lot <laughs> between the feeding and the laminitis. <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, she oh, remembered a word. Yay. It's like, I know I'm trying. Um, and all the obligations everyone's going to make you get into about learning all, all about the tack and making sure you sit down and you watch that horse race, Jenny, because there are no excuses. We don't care if you're not a horse. Sorry, is it getting too personal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there's a lot that goes into owning horse. I mean, my God, like owning a dog. I used to own two dogs. That was a about a 90th of the percent commitment that it sounds like owning horses is. Well, the vet bills are a lot cheaper, too, for dogs usually than horses. So there's that. (laughs) They were still astronomical, so I can only imagine. (laughs) Ask Jamie. She pretty much sends her entire paycheck to the vet every week. Um, I would just like to say that I bought her her new truck, okay? (laughs) You're welcome. And the boat's next. (laughs) (laughs) My God, if she gets a boat, I'm going to have to find a new vet. I was wondering what Jemmy thinks about all of this because, you know, coming from the non-horse person, if you listen to our shows, it just sounds like all the horses are dying all the time. I of really something. think that there's always a fine there's a fine line between me literally listening and dialing in and trying to understand and me just giving up and knowing <laughs> I'm not gonna and, get this. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, Glenn, if you think Jimmy's listening to us, you got another thing coming. She is just waiting for somebody to say Jimmy. She is online, she's on Amazon, she's on Zoo Lily, she is online shopping, she's registering her kid for summer camp. I mean, she is doing anything but listening. She's just waiting for that. Hey Jimmy, and she's like, Yeah, I've been here the whole time. That's what I do. Not too far off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that leads us to our next guest, actually. That's a perfect lead into our next guest. We have Allison Cockerell on. And I really like, when I was doing some research on this this morning, I really like this concept of what they have going with what's called the urban herd. And it's a little different than most of the other barn models that we have seen. And I kind of like that. And she's going to explain it to us this morning. Good morning, Allison. 
Good morning. Well, now you got to say the name of your town because I am not doing that. <laughs> We're in Snohomish, Washington. Snohomish? Is that how you say it? No, Snohomish. Snohomish. Okay, in Washington. It's Thanks for getting up you. early. Yeah, bless you. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so now tell us a little bit about the town, because that's going to kind of lead into what you guys are doing. So tell us a little bit about the town and the area in Washington State, and thank you for getting up early. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, the town is a, it's a nice little rural town, about 35 minutes out of Seattle. So just a, a short drive, but a, a very different feel from being in the big city. Well, that's what, when I was flying into Seattle here a couple of weeks ago, one of the things I noticed flying in is it's Seattle and then you get to the country. Um, so I believe yeah. that you can be 35 minutes out and be in the country because that, that it's literally what it is. It's city and then country. Um, exactly. So, yeah. So tell us about the urban herd because this is, a, this is set up a little bit different than most barns. First of all, how did, why did it come about? I know you and your sisters did it. Why did it come about and how does it work? Well, my sister and I were horse crazy kids that didn't have a lot of access to horses. And then when we became adults, we were trying to figure out something that made us really excited to get out of bed. And we both said horses. So we got into horses as adults and could not find the opportunity we were looking for. So we took riding lessons and we worked at rescues and we helped friends with horses. We just tried every avenue uh, toward being around horses and what we wanted was to ride originally and all of our coaching said, well, you have to have a relationship with a horse to get it to be a willing partner. But if you don't own a horse, you don't have access to horses for enough time to actually build that relationship. So we, after a lot of brainstorming and research, we thought there are so many horses out there whose owners are working so hard to afford them that they don't spend enough time and then there are all of these people who don't have the time or resources to own a horse, but they want a lot of access. How do you bring those two groups together? So we came up with this idea of having a small group of people who owned horses and a larger group of people who wanted access to them, but in a more holistic way. So that's what the urban herd tries to do. We have uh, seven horses and seven, six horse owners, and then we have another group depending if the, the membership fluctuates, but it's between uh, one additional person per horse. So seven, seven people to uh, 14 people that do not own horses, but they have access to the horses as if they did own them. Hmm. Does, that, and does they, that start to explain? And they pay a monthly fee then to become quote unquote members. Exactly. They pay a flat, a flat monthly fee, and then they can come out and take advantage of the opportunity to the extent that they have time. And are they able to ride, or you know, what are they? What are the responsibilities? So I become a member to come out and hang out with the yeah. horses at the farm. What do I get to do, and what do I have to do? You don't actually have to do anything but be philosophically aligned with the with the rest of the culture, with the rest of the small club. Um, but what you get to do is have a fairly unfettered access to the animals and the farm. So you, we have members who come out and don't ride at all. 
they have a relationship with every single animal, which includes chickens and geese. Uh, and what they do is feed and groom and walk in hand and read in the pasture and, and generally participate in the culture without writing. Uh, but that, that that's maybe one of our members. And then we have members that are very far to the other side. They come in, they concentrate on one horse. They spend a lot of time uh, building a bond with that horse and then, and they ride. And that's almost, and that's what they do every time they come out. So it, it's, and it's everything in between. This is kind of a neat concept when you think about it, because we were just talking to Jemmy, who's a non-horse person, and produces our show and listens to all of the nightmares that we all have, vet-wise and otherwise, right? <laughs> um, and But this right. is kind of a neat way for somebody who who doesn't have the time or money to own their own horse, but to still be around horses. I like this model, actually. Yeah. It's different than a horse leash, and we looked when we were looking into horses. We we looked at leases too, but they're they're very much like taking riding lessons. You have limited number of hours, and you're required to to take lessons for part of that. So, we we just wanted a a model that had a lot less structure because horses I, have their own time. So, I have a question for you. So yeah. it says that you guys are more about persuasion over coercion. And I was, th I'm, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, okay, will you please trot? No. Okay. Will you please can't? No. Okay. How fat are the horses at your facility? I mean, my <laughs> horse, if I didn't, my they're a little bit fluffy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glad you're honest. Just checking. <laughs> I'm That's like, funny. if my pony didn't want, didn't have to trot, she wouldn't. She'd be like, great. This is cool. Thank you. I'll eat again. Thanks. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, well, they, they're a little fluffy because we purposely keep the club small so that the, because it's a, it's a community of people as, as well as horses. So we want to know everyone well and, and everybody gets well, it's a pretty tight community. I was, uh, was going to ask about barn they, drama because they, every they barn there's drama. So, quite willing. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I was going to, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, I, that is we've a good question. Been, we, we've Go been ahead. operating for six years. It's not that dramatic yet. <laughs> but you're right i mean in a model like this if you had the 14 members who all want to ride the horses could you could risk the horses being overused too um so it sounds like you have a nice balance yeah we haven't encountered that because we attract people it's a, it's an alternative model for sure so traditional horse people are not attracted to what we're doing so we get people who are not ambitious riders and we and are willing to come out and and not ride. So the horses, with the horses' welfare being paramount and and not the hu human skills being paramount, that they just naturally have a a pretty doable schedule. They're not burned out and they're and they're quite willing. Yeah, and they're fat. <laughs> hey, I don't want to hear about fat ponies. Fat. I have one too. So <laughs> um, I constantly get crap for my fat pony <clears throat> so I, so i understand and is it financially working for you guys uh it's it's working in uh maintaining the horses and we didn't go into it as a money-making venture okay so in that way yes it is 
Okay, good. Well, you know, because I'm asking because I think there's other people out there thinking, you know, that this could be a good model for them. I like that it probably gets people involved that would not be involved in horses at all. Um, if they didn't have an option to do yeah. this, they wouldn't be involved at all. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, the goal is eventually that these people do become horse people and get horses eventually and, you know, work their way into it. Um, so I like, I understand yeah. this concept though, because I have a farm here at the house and I have chickens and horses and dogs and there are more of the parents because I don't have an open, you know, model for just anybody to come, um, <clears throat> or a subscription like you have, but I have a, mm -hmm. a bunch of people that, you know, the kids or the siblings of the ones taking riding lessons or the parents, they want to come out and they want to clean water buckets and they're like, can I help clean a pasture? You know, and can I, they, they want to mm -hmm. feed the chickens and, and it's just like an animal connection that you are affording people, uh, by having this model. So good, good for you. Thank you. Well, how do people find it? Yeah, Where do they go? Where do they want to participate at every level. Where do go they ahead. go? To find your website. Oh, oh to find, yes. We are theurbanherd.com. Theurbanherd.com is where you can find information about it. It's in some town outside of Seattle that we can't pronounce. Um, <laughs> but you'll, exactly. you'll, you'll find it no there. Amish. That's right. Uh, thank you, Allison. <laughs> That's very close. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day. So let's talk about that a little bit. So we have a model here where people pay $100 a month to come out and hang out at the farm. She has the horses, so there's seven horses. She said she may have 14 people. Um, and then she has six horse owners. So the horse owners have to agree to this too, um, to this model. I, I like it for attracting people who are new or you know just want to hang out with horses. I think that's brilliant. Um, I'm sure there's some pitfalls that, that we're, we didn't talk about. As a horse owner, you're going to let people come out and mess with my horse. Like I, uh, but again, she said it's not a typical horse person. And I don't think there's up, any so. competitors here either. These are just, you know, these are horse owners that are non-competitors. Yeah. Um, so they own horses and they probably, if you think, I'm thinking about the owners that we've had at our stable over the years when we had our big boarding stable, three quarters of them came out maybe twice a year. And yeah. you, you probably don't have that at yours. You have a little more active group, but we had a general boarding stable. And there are some of those people we'd see once a month or once every two months that I think would have went for this model just to have somebody pet petting and, and brushing their horse. Yeah, see that doesn't fly here. I'm like, uh, if you you aren't showing up, you're you don't get to stay. Like we need, I need all the horses to have a job, and and that's probably something. It's probably a negative characteristic of me. I'm like everybody has to have something to do. Um, otherwise, I've like you said, like I said earlier, a tired horse is a happy horse. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good horse. But I think at um, most general boarding stables, that's not the case. You know, no, you're more God of a training no. stable. You're more into the training side. But a general boarding stable is going to be, be like. By the way, some of those people we were glad we only saw twice a year, to be honest. Um, yeah. So of yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah but it, it's an interesting model, an interesting concept for for the people who have horses that don't come out a lot. I would love it if some people would come out and like, like I have a couple lesson horses here, Chili and Duke. And so in the summertime, they don't get ridden as much because summer is like winter 
you know, right. you just yeah, same don't here. have a job yeah. uh, in the summer. And I would love it if people would pay me a hundred bucks a month to come out and groom my horses. Cause I, I, I already feel like it's a heavy responsibility. We got to take care of the boys, you know? I, I think love, Allison you know probably what? has a tough time explaining it at first. I mean, you got to kind of because it's different. Uh, but I like the fact that it's different. That's one of the things I really do like about it. Interesting. It's a new way of thinking about something. And who knows? Maybe there's one of you out there that has a barn full of absentee owners that a model like this would work and bring in additional revenue. And I love that she was honest about the money making side because nobody has a boarding stable makes any money. <laughs> so that's, and that's, uh, honest about the horses being fat. Yeah, like, well, when you when I was reading I don't want to talk about fat horses because you know I don't. Okay, well, <laughs> like persuasion over coercion. <laughs> All I could think was you giving Scooter treats to get him to come into the barn or something. You know, like oh my gosh. My horses would run over me. Scooter is completely, completely off of grass right now. And that is not making the poor little guy happy at all. Like a trash paddock or something. He's in a a bare lot because he can't, he gets hay, he gets, you know, the basic coastal hay. um, And we have him cut down and he's still fat. So isn't it amazing how much harder it is to keep an easy keeper? Well, not only that, we have this lush green grass. It rains here every day. The grass is beautiful and he has to look over at it. And that must be just pissing him off. Um, That would be like me having to look at chocolate cake every day and it just being out of reach. Just can't quite reach the chocolate cake, but it looks really good sitting right there. (sighs) I feel bad for him. So I'm going to go out and hand graze him today when Jennifer's not looking. You know what you could do is, uh, I mean, call me crazy, but you like exercise him, like work him hard. Oh, no, we have been trying to do that, too. We have been, start, uh, she's been lunging. I've been dr- starting to drive again. And I, there's just, I don't know what it is with ponies. Get him but, line driving, like in a circle around you and cantering and moving, you know, driving him as a pony. You, you're not going to gallop him for four miles, but the horse probably needs to gallop for like four miles. He probably does. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. All right, let's take a break for a song. We're going to come back with Equestrian First World Problems, and then we have Leslie Wiley joining us with Mongol Derby Rider. We're going to meet another one today, Kelsey Riley. And get this, Kelsey uh, hasn't been riding much, so decided to go do this. We're going to find yeah, out this why. this is going to be interesting. It's a little bit of a different story. And I met at AHP, I met a girl, I think, from Practical Horseman, who's doing articles and is going to ride in the Mongol Derby that's going to be on our show in a couple of weeks. So cool. we're, we're going to meet a bunch of them, and so we can all follow the little dots when it comes to dot following time. And that is in August, coming up. Beaches of Cheyenne. <laughs> Packed up all his buckles Shipped his saddle to his dad By the way the house looked She must have took it bad The workers come on Monday To fix the door and patch the walls They say she just went crazy The night she got the call He was up in Wyoming, drew a bull no man could ride. He promised her he'd turn out, well it turned out that he lied. And all the dreams that they'd been living, 
in the California sand died right there beside him in Cheyenne they say she just went crazy screaming out his name she ran out into the ocean and to this day they claim that you can go down by the water and see her footprints in the sand cause every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne They never found her body Just her diary by the bed told about the fight they'd had and the words that she had said when he told her he was riding she said that i don't give a damn if you never come back from cheyenne they say she just went crazy screaming out his name she ran out into the ocean And to this day they claim That if you go down by the water You'll see her footprints in the sand Cause every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne Nobody can explain it Some say she's still alive they even claim they've seen her on the shoreline late at night. And if you go down by the water, you'll see her footprints in the sand. Cause every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne. Every night she walks the beaches of Cheyenne. is Beaches of Cheyenne, Dan Roberts, and uh, his website was Old Boots Music. Now, you're thinking, gosh, that song sounds so familiar. What is that? Glenn, do you remember who sings that song? That's a Garth Brooks song. That's a Garth Brooks song, but it's not. It's a Dan Roberts song, but he wrote it and Garth Brooks sang it. So uh, I'm sure that Dan is still getting some money. I hope he gets some mailbox (laughs) money for that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure he does. You hear it on the radio. Just think Dan Roberts just got paid. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, before we get to a question, first world problems, we have to hear from an auditor and then are you ready for first world problems? I'm ready. I'm doing the best I can. I have it on my phone. I can't work like this. I am April and I'm an HRN auditor because I value the knowledge, inspiration, and entertainment provided by all of the shows on the network and I'm happy knowing my contribution is helping to ensure the fun will continue in the future. If you love HRN, you should become one too. To become an HRN auditor and to join the party, please visit horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. For as little as a dollar a month, you too can join the party. 
this is brought to you by the auditors because these are their first world problems. And life is hor- with horses is hard. Okay. It's like really, really hard. And there's always something going on. It's just uh, so frustrating. So um, like TJ, TJ, the muffler on her car doesn't work. And she says, I can't fix the muffler on my car because if my horse, if I do, my horses won't know I'm coming. And she, <laughs> she has posted videos when she drives down the road, her horses gallop alongside the car. <laughs> I think the neighbors wanted to fix her car, though, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the barn owner, everybody's like, fix the damn car. And she's like, I can't. My horses love me. That's all they know. You know, you can whistle out the window. <laughs> okay, that's funny. And that funny. just means you're giving your horses way too many treats. <laughs> uh, Carrie says, two of my friends are out of town and both said I could ride their two awesome horses while they're gone, but I don't have enough time to ride both of them and ride my horse, too. Ugh. Uh, time management so hard. Uh, Joy says, <laughs> simple, one sentence. And I, I understand as horse person living in Phoenix, she says, it's too hot for pants. <laughs> Why haven't they invented like a outsideless pant for equestrian sports? <laughs> you know, like a pant that covers the inside, but doesn't cover the outside. Like, like full seat riding britches without the britches, the just full seat part. <laughs> oh my God, I'm a genius. All right. Desiree Johnson, who makes smooth stride, ride, smooth stride riding jeans. I think they on. have invented those, but they're kind of in the kinky shop. You'll find them <laughs> over there. No, I think those yeah. are, yeah, yeah, like the opposite of chaps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kinky shop. Again, that's probably where you'll find those. Oh, and I want to see you, pictures of you wearing them for the first time. So I'm not taking pictures. Of uh, <laughs> Kelly says, and this is genius. Actually, we lost our remote to the TV two weeks ago. And then apparently it's easier for the kids to not watch TV than to actually look for the remote. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm taking the fire stick. Mama, where's the fire stick? Where's the fire stick remote? Where's the fire stick? I'm like, Oh my God. So I'm, I broke it is what happened. Oh, you too. Uh, Jimmy has that problem too. Oh, Oh, he's now learned how to control the television. All right. Two more since apparently the focus group said that I do too many first world problems. We'll do a couple Um, more. Leslie's not ready yet. Oh, okay, fine. (laughs) Kristen says my pony and I had an amazing time cross country schooling this weekend. But when we were unloading at home, she stepped on my foot and it broke my half chap and ruined everything. (laughs) Okay, as somebody who cross-country schooled this weekend, I came home. Zeus was in the trailer for three, you know, two and a half hours up the hill. He was ridden twice, both about two hours each day, and then trailered home. I get him home, and like I said, a tired horse is a good horse. Not in this case. I get him home. I put him in the stall. I run inside to make sure Lucas is okay. I come back out, and Zeus has let himself out and is eating grain. <laughs> you, you were in there five minutes. Are you sure he wasn't colicking the day you were? Five minutes. Ready? You sure That's he it. wasn't colicking? That he... What a jerk. <laughs> yeah, he was not colicking. Um, another one. Uh, oh. Hell, hell, this is terrible. The saddle fitter showed me how to make all my old pads fit my brand new mono flap dressage saddle. So now I don't get to go buy all new pads. 
Her husband called the saddle fitter before she got there and said, <laughs> you will do this my way. Do you want me to do more? Or yeah, do ready? one or two more. Okay, Leslie says, I need to buy a show pad and I can't find the right color so that both show horses have the same color on. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, how could you walk out with like one in a green you pad and one in a bargain? She's going to end up buying all new pads because they all have to match. You have to. Hello. Yeah. You can't have your, like, you have barn colors to be responsible for. And do you know what I realized while I was schooling over the weekend? I did wasn't planning ahead and I didn't really bring a jacket and I had a, like a fleece stuffed in my trailer. So I, it's like old navy fleece. I pull it out. I shake it. It is freaking bright pink. Okay. I bought it when I was like pregnant. It's super extra large, <laughs> bright pink fleece that was crammed in my trailer. And I was glad to have it. So you're the big pink rode. blob going. <laughs> oh, just awful. And I taught wearing that. And then the next day I had one of those like sun shirts on because it was really sunny day too. And the sun shirt that I had on just happened to be pink. And I'm like, damn it. Everybody's going to think my barn color is pink now. Oh, can't live like this. <laughs> I get it, Leslie. I get it. It's just, you have to represent. Okay. Um, and you ready? Last one. Last one. All right. Stephanie says she was at the barn late. I was at the barn late last night and I'm exhausted this morning and I have to commute. And I just looked down and I realized I still have barn nails. Ugh, girl, how you can't represent in like your highfalutin New York city job with barn nails. Somebody needs a Manny, a personal day. Go get yourself a Manny. <laughs> <laughs> get a patty while you're at it. Treat yourself. <laughs> Well, uh, we are going to a couple things about the schedule for the week. Uh, Jamie and I have to go off uh, for some business meetings and also uh, an adventure this weekend in Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, don't I, lie. It's a business no, meeting. Well, we, we actually have do one. have business meetings too, but uh, Ooh, important See, Jamie woke up. She crossed. heard her name. She came back. She heard her name. <laughs> she woke exactly. up again. It's like a dog whistle for me. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, whoop. Yep, right here. Whoop. So, uh, ears up, ears up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sally will be filling in for me on Wednesday. And then Jill, or one of our auditors, who you heard here on the show before, co-hosting, will be filling in on Friday. So get your ads in. Uh, send them in to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. This week, I get Sally and Jill? Yep. You get Sally and Jill this week. Wow. This is going to be a good week. This is shaping up. No offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no offense. Fine. No offense taken. Um, well, you've already had both of us, so you're you're good. I know. The rest of the week is going to be fine. <laughs> That's right. And Jennifer will be back, and she'll be here. And then tomorrow is the – let me see here. i got to see the calendar on this one. Tomorrow is the third Tuesday of the month, which means the Certified Horsemanship Association is here tomorrow. And then um, – uh, we will have for you, of course, the Western episode next week and a lot coming up here on the show, as well as we have uh, we have uh, a new show that just hit. Uh, and it it's an interesting show because it is put out by the uh, Western English Sales Association, WISA, which is kind of like ADA that we go to twice a year, only for the Western world. And that's held in Denver. It's a trade show that's held for uh, retailers and wholesalers. And that show, you'll see it 
you probably have seen it on the feed already for those of you that get all the shows. Uh, and it's on the website now. Their first episode came out on Friday. And that is a show really geared towards its members. It's geared towards retailers, but they talk about product. And I know all of you are product geeks. So if you want to hear a little higher level talk about product and why they're made and what they do and that kind of thing, then that's the show for you. It's called Wisdom by Wisa, and it is now available on all of our feeds, and it will be on the app shortly. The other thing we're looking, and I haven't told you about this, Jamie. Jamie's going to love this. Um, oh, boy. So the other thing that we're looking uh, at You know doing, how much I love surprises. So I know. I know ahead. you love this. Uh, the other thing that I think we're going to be adding to the app, this, this revision coming up in the next week, is going to be a little microphone button that people will be able to click the microphone, talk into their phone. It will send us the message automatically. So no, it's going to make no, it much, no, much no, easier for people idea. to send us messages. Terrible and idea. I you really want instant wonderful. feedback like that? Yeah. No, and it's also going to allow us for when we have uh, celebrities on or when we have when we have uh, people that want to ask questions like Mary and stuff like that, that we or Emily or whatever, they can actually record the question, send it to us and we can play it on the air. So uh, and or they want to talk about Jamie and then they, you can send those in too and we can play those. On okay, the air. hold on. You're yeah. saying that there's going to be a microphone button and they push that and they get to talk and it sends it to you automatically oh my god why would you do that to yourself <laughs> you're gonna pay that you know what all you have to do you know the world of facebook feedback okay you're gonna get yeah I'm but i have a show right now you suck yeah but i have like, a delete button oh. i can just delete i have tougher skin than you do so. you are, do not have tougher skin than me you must be crazy <laughs> So anyway, that's going to be available. That'll make it much <laughs> easier for, for listeners to communicate. Um, go to Jennifer. It, yeah, I'm going to have Jennifer listen to him. I wasn't going to listen to him anyway. <clears throat> this is the it. worst idea you've ever had. Okay, <laughs> let me just go on record right now. I think listeners this are going to love the it. the worst idea. I'm sure they will. I would love it. if I like When I listen to a podcast, if I could just push to talk, oh, God, you would never hear the end of me. <laughs> So if you want to send, like, uh, for recent Philip on the Dressage Show, you could send them your question, and they would answer it right away, and we could play it on the air. It's perfect. And it's easy for you to do. You're going to regret this. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the worst idea you've ever had. Remember big ideas? You're supposed to run them by me first. <laughs> this was a small idea. Actually, it's not costing us anything. So I didn't have to run it by you. See, it didn't involve my time. Uh, I'm not worried about your money. I'm worried about your <laughs> psyche. You're so going to regret this. Okay, so uh, I've been killing trying trying to wait for Leslie to show up, and she is not here. So, But we have her guest here, so why don't we just take her guest? Let's do Sounds that. Good. I don't know where Leslie is. I don't know where, why she hasn't shown up. Uh, but anyway, she had a guest booked for today because uh, over the next several weeks in Leslie's segment, of course, we do that segment for Horse Nation and Venting Nation every Monday at 10 o'clock. She is booking guests that are going to be derby riders coming up. Most of them are eventers because that's who she did their article on. And we have Kelsey Riley with us this morning, who's going to be riding in a couple of weeks, actually, in the Mongol Derby. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. I don't know what happened to Leslie. Let's hope she's okay and didn't fall off her pony. We, I haven't heard any news. Oh, so. I hope so. <laughs> oh, no. So, Kelsey, now, I was reading what they wrote about you. You're out of Lexington, right? I am, yes. I'm Canadian, but I live in Lexington now. 
And you, <laughs> let me read the first sentence. And this is where we have to go with this interview. <laughs> Having not ridden a horse for two years prior to applying <laughs> for the Mongol Derby, I decided to ride in the Mongol Derby would be a good excuse to get back in the saddle. Okay, that's just a crazy idea. Where, what, what, what inspired that? Uh, I just so I have a strong background in riding um, from when I was a kid, all up through college and everything. Um, but I had been uh, doing quite a lot of moving around for a few years, uh, so just hadn't uh, you know riding had sort of flipped down the priority list. But it was probably a good year or so, and I had been really wanting to get back into it and, and sort of looking for ways to get back into riding here in Lexington. Um, now, hold on, and, you live uh, you in know, like the horse capital of the world. You could, you could do something, just go to the track at 5 a.m. Be like, I'll ride your racehorse. I mean, there's less dangerous ways to get back into riding. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah. But you know, why not just start at the very top? Like that's the way that I looked at it. Why not just start with the world's longest race? <laughs> yeah. Why not? With crazy um, ponies. Yeah. On wild horses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I knew some people from the uh, from the racing industry that had competed in the Mongol Derby a couple of years ago and started reading about it, watching videos about it, and just sort of got hooked on it. And um, I decided to apply, honestly, kind of on a whim. Um, didn't because of not having ridden for a couple of years. I truly didn't think that I would get in. Um, so when I did, I just went, okay, uh, well, better sort of a training plan now and. Uh, Fortunately, it's all gone really well, and I'm, I'm still able to ride. I still know how to ride, so what, <laughs> it worked out really well. What, now, you work for the Thoroughbred Daily News, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're in the horse world. You've still been in the horse world. What? What? Yeah. Um, so what have you been doing? What have you, what have you been doing to prepare? Uh, so I started out, well, I started out straight away, um, you know, just to get right back into riding. Um, well, well I, should, I should start out by saying, you know, I'm a pretty athletic person, so I already had sort of a, a base fitness. Um, but I started out, a friend of mine runs a training center near Lexington. So I went out, uh, you know, over the cold months, uh, December, January, and was sort of exercising some of his pony horses out there. And then um, in February, when the, the training center's uh, open for the racehorses, I started um, galloping racehorses uh, in the morning yep, before work. I knew so, it. Awesome. Yep, yep. So, uh, yep. so I was doing that for about three months, and that was that was honestly my core uh, training uh, for the Mongol Derby. And uh, now that we're getting a bit closer, uh, I've started incorporating some longer distance rides. Um, so there's a, uh, a large polo operation. Well, there, there's a number of them, but I've gotten hooked up with one of the large polo operations in the area. So I've been going out uh, in the evenings and exercising their polo horses, just riding them all around their farm. And uh, then on my days off from my job at the Thoroughbred Daily News, I'll go out and just ride all day on the farm. And, um, you know, I've, I've put in up to like 25 miles in a day. So, um, of course, that's been great to, to test the endurance side of it. Now, what are gotcha. you doing to prepare for the bad food? Have you been eating goat and uh, fermented mare's milk? I, I haven't quite got there yet, but I guess I'll have to, <laughs> have to figure out how, where, to, uh, where to source those things in the area. But, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very respectful of, uh, of the, the challenge that's ahead. But at the same time, I'm hopeful that uh, because I do travel quite a few places uh, for my job, like I I go to Asia a bit and that kind of thing. And 
I've never had much of an issue with with strange foods. So I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very respectful that this is a, this is a very different situation. Um, but I'm hopeful that that might uh, you know help me through a bit. Did you see the all, all the Wild Horses film? Uh, you know, I haven't been able to see it yet. It hasn't come uh, anywhere near me. It's on. Uh, what did we determine? It's on Amazon, I think, uh, right now. So, oh, okay. Yeah, you can you can see it there. Oh, I think uh, I think we determined it was on Amazon, so you can go. You definitely have to watch it for sure. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, yes, it, it, I've been I've been following it on social media and, and seeing where it's coming and if it's coming anywhere near me and it hasn't yet, so I'll definitely uh, look for it on Amazon. Yeah, I, I think it's like nine bucks on Amazon um, that you could see it. It was either Amazon. Right. Or, it's not on Netflix, but I think it was on Amazon. So you definitely have to do okay. that. What is what is your biggest concern? Uh, you've you know you've seen the coverage of it over the past couple of years. You know how tough it is. You know Leslie. You know what she went through. So what what are mm. you uh, what are you most concerned about? I guess um, I don't know. I'm really worried about those wild dogs that they talk about. Like that <laughs> <laughs> sounds scary. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, like I guess just the aside from that, just the physical uh, strenuousness of it. I mean, people ask about my training and, um, you know, like I'm, I'm riding, I'm either riding or at the gym pretty much every free moment that I have um, for the last few months. And people say, um, do you think that's going to prepare you? And I say, honestly, no, <laughs> it's, it's going to prepare me as much as I can be prepared, but there's nothing physically that will prepare me outside from actually doing the Mongol Derby. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess just see what physical toll that it will take. Um, and and the fact that we also have to prepare for kind of extremes in temperature because it's going to be pretty hot there during the day, but it gets pretty cold at night. So I'm thinking that uh, I, I actually like really don't like being cold. So I'm, uh, I'm you know, concerned at night when I've been sweating all day and then, you know, you're in the same clothes, you don't get to change. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I think, you know, you can prepare for the physical side, but it's hard to prepare for the mental side, right? That's the part that's exactly. yeah, really difficult exactly. to prepare for. And at this for. point, I think, um, yeah, at this point, I think, like, I found the, the galloping racehorses um, was, was fantastic for fitness and, and, and riding fitness. Um, and now spending the long time, the longer times in the saddle on the polo horses, I think that's honestly more mental than it is physical at this point, just uh, being in the saddle for long periods of time, knowing what that feels like. Um, but I actually, I was over in uh, England on a business trip in April, and I got to meet uh, Maggie Pattinson, the, the guru, and uh, she, she suggested to me, you know, just try and get in a 40-kilometer ride before you go, um, because knowing just what 40 kilometers feels like in the saddle uh, mentally, that'll make a big difference when you're counting down through those first few legs, and uh, and I've been able to do that once, so I'm, I'm I'm very glad about that. You need to do that like four days in a row, really, to get a feel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. Now, do you have a significant other? No. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask how he or she felt about that, because that's always interesting too to find out how the family feels. How about the family? What do they think? They think you're nuts. I think that they, they probably think I'm nuts, but um, they've been very supportive. So um, when, I, when I applied for this, I actually, I mean, I didn't even tell anyone aside from, from two friends that I applied. And um, so about a week later, I was seeing my family and uh, I, was, I was going home to Canada to see my family. So sort of sitting down over the breakfast table and I was like, 
turns out that I have some big news, and it's uh, it clearly shows me how much they knew me because their reaction was, uh, "Where are you traveling to? What adventure are you going on?" Like they they knew that that was going to be it. But um, I think that they were a little shocked when I was telling them through all the details and everything. But uh, they've been they've been very supportive, and I think very excited uh, as well. So. <laughs> Well, good. They, well, they haven't seen all the wild horses either, so uh, maybe once they. No, that, don't let them good. watch it before you go. No, <laughs> you no, watch it. Don't no, let I'm them watch, watch it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do yeah. that. Now you're also raising money, right, yeah. for a charity? Uh, yes, I am, and that's uh, that's a really important part of this for me. Um, because in addition to wanting to, to get back into riding in this period before, um, I have been, you know, I've been thinking I need to be doing more to give back to, uh, to these racehorses. They've, they're my career, they're my passion. I've been able to travel the world because of, of thoroughbreds, and I've met so many amazing people because of thoroughbreds. Like I, just, I really need to be doing more. And um, as soon as I got accepted to do the Mongol Derby after the initial shock and fear started to subside a little bit, I said, like, you know what, this is actually a really amazing opportunity with my also with my connection with the Thoroughbred Daily News to, to help promote it, um, this has been um, an amazing opportunity to do something for the X-ray sources. So I started looking at uh, sort of what charities were like, what options there were, and I landed on the Second Chances program at the uh, Blackburn Correctional Facility, uh, which is here in Lexington. Yep. And that program is run by the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and. There's actually um, about nine of them across the country, but this one here in Lexington is one of the larger programs. Um, so basically, it, Blackburn is a minimum security prison, and they have a working farm right on the prison where uh, there's about 60 horses at the moment, uh, all off-track thoroughbreds. And the, uh, the prisoners go, uh, it's a six-month program, um, which they can, they can opt to do. And uh, it, it's just like a working farm. Um, they go down in the morning and spend all day um, doing everything with the horses. And in addition to the, to the hands-on work, they have a classroom component as well. And at the end of the course, they have to pass a 300-question exam um, to get through it. Uh, so I actually got to go out there a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I had been once out to, to see the farm. Uh, but I got to go out a couple weeks ago and chat to a couple of the inmates who are in the program. And just seeing firsthand the positive effect that these horses and this program is having on these guys, it was just incredible. Like, they were talking about, I mean, you could just see, well, first of all, you could see how much they had learned. I was super impressed by their knowledge of, of horse care, injuries. Um, and, and another detail of it is that most of the, the herd at Blackburn are senior horses, so they're dealing with, you know, a lot of senior health issues as well. And their knowledge on all of it was incredible. Um, their their love for the horses was incredible. They just wanted to take us around and, and show us all the horses, introduce us to them, tell us all about them. Um, and, and they even talked themselves about how they had gained um, confidence from working with the horses uh, you know, they've learned things like patience and compassion. Um, it was just, it was really amazing to see. And the four guys that I spoke to, none of them had had anything to do with horses before they came into the program. And all of them said that they wanted to uh, to do something with horses once they left. Um, and uh, across the uh, the TRX-9 Second Chances program, 
uh, the prisons that have those programs actually have a lower rate of recidivism than other prisons in the country. So, uh, like, that just shows you right there what an incredible program it is. I used to live uh, in Lexington, and we actually lived, so we could see the prison from where, where we lived. And, oh, okay. Uh, you know, and we would, you know, we would always see them out there and, and doing their thing. And it, it is really a good program, and I'm glad that you're doing the fundraiser. It looks like you've raised a couple thousand dollars to, uh, for, for them at this yes. point. Yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, we are at just over sixteen thousand right now, um, and my goal is uh, is twenty thousand. So it's uh, I, I really think that we'll get there. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm actually going to have uh, some video and editorial coverage coming out of our visit there. And I think that that's really going to going to inspire people because I feel like you can uh, you can hear about things like this and think, oh, that's a nice idea, you know, but to actually see firsthand the positive effect that it's having on the people. And it's such a positive thing for horses as well, because not all x-ray horses are up to having an athletic second career. And it's really important for us to have these sanctuaries for these horses, because it's just, just as important for them to have a good home after racing as it is for those that might go on uh, to be riding horses, jumpers, well, et cetera. Yeah. Kelsey, in the world of, um, horses helping people and and the prison system, both my Mustangs came from a place where the inmates train the wild horses and talk Mm -hmm. about doing good for both horses and humans. So I really appreciate that. That's what you're supporting. It's, it's an unbelievable uh, thing that happens when these men encounter or women encounter these horses that is just, just changes. Like like you said, the rate of recidivism is crazy how how much they really really learn and uh, learn to help it's awesome yes and um an exciting thing about it too is that uh there's there's similar programs uh coming into place for uh veterans with ptsd and um there's a, a major horse owner who's actually uh funding studies at the moment into just exactly how the horses uh help these people so you know, it'll be really exciting once those come out and, and, you know, hopefully even more programs can get put into place. Um, I think it's an area that's going to be really on the up. Well, I, I, before we let you go, I, I was looking at your GoFundMe, and we'll post a link to that. But basically, uh, it's GoFundMe.com uh, slash Kelsey's Mongol Derby. Uh, so that's, that's what right. it is. If you if uh, we'll put we'll put a link to that in our show notes as well. But I was looking at it, and there was a comment. And so this is such a small world. We say that all the time with horses. And I was at a, a, a conference over the weekend where we found lots of things that make it a small world. But this one post that you had on your GoFundMe page said, "Hey, I'm from Mongolia. I'm now in Lexington for a short time visit. Not surprised that someone from Lexington is going to Mongolia for Mongol Derby. I see so many horses, real horses, plus monuments and etc. around here. And I thought there's got to be some connection with Mongolia because we love horses too." So, what a small world. Yes. <laughs> like... yes. Um, and I remember when that person posted that, and unfortunately, the GoFundMe doesn't have like a, a reply right. or anything like that. You can't and I wanted to get them. in touch with that person, and I wasn't able to, which was really unfortunate. But um, no, it, yeah, it, uh, Mongolia and Lexington, there's there's certainly crossovers. Like um, there's a, a there's a, a stable called Mongolian Stable, uh, which is is run by um, a, a gentleman from Mongolia, and uh, they won. Um, oh, it was 
three years ago now when the Breeders' Cup was at Keeneland and uh, they won a race with a horse called Mongolian Saturday and uh, all of their horses are called Mongolian something. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they've done well with their racehorses. So yeah, it's, well, uh, I'm, I was really cheering for the horse that was called Mongolian fermented milk, mare's milk. Like, wow, <laughs> that one was epic. Oh my gosh. I hadn't seen that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just made That's it up. <laughs> I just made oh, it up. Oh. <laughs> so Kelsey, before oh, we let you me. go, we have to talk to you a little bit about uh, your work for the thoroughbred daily news. Were you guys all sitting around yeah. watching together or, you know, was there a big party after uh triple crown? What? Yeah, yeah, that was very exciting. Um, it's been, uh, to me, I think it's it's so special that there were, like, we waited 37 years between Secretariat and American Pharaoh, and then I think um, for, for two to happen in that short space of time, like, I just think, I think it's really special, um, and especially seeing, um, so my job with this Thoroughbred Daily News is uh, I'm the international editor, so I actually uh, look after our European and international section, and I um, I travel all over the world uh, to do to do work for that. And um, people all over the world were talking about it, were excited about it, and I think also it's just it's a great thing uh, for them to see that the American thoroughbred is still thriving, and and you know we can produce a, a great horse. So yeah, it, it's it's a really exciting time. Does she like have the dream job every girl wants? To travel uh, around yeah, the world to, for horse stuff? I mean, geez. Definitely, definitely. It is, the, it is the greatest job in the world. <laughs> well, we're excited to follow your dot. We'll be doing that. We're going to do daily wrap-up shows on Facebook Live every night like we did last year. We were following Leslie last year. We're going to follow all of you this year. We're going we're gonna to report on everybody. So I will send you that information so that you can give it out to your family. It's also a place for the families to get together every night. Um, and all, oh, fantastic. and all commiserate <laughs> um, and worry yeah. together. So uh, we'll do that again, <laughs> and I will. I'll, I'll definitely let you know the details. Fantastic! Thank you so much, I, and I really appreciate you having me on. All right, thanks, Kelsey. And of course, uh, we'll put okay, the link to yes, her to her uh, GoFundMe, and also be sure to check out the Thoroughbred Daily News. Yes, thank. Well, that's cool. I, you know, we, we're meeting so many cool people that are doing the Derby this year. We are. Uh, it, it's going to make it way more fun to kind of put, be able to put a voice at least in a, a kind of a live bio with each rider and kind of know, oh, Kelsey, that's the one who has our all of our dream jobs that works for the right. <laughs> right. And actually, uh, Jemmy doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to have her take and cut all of these out and put them uh, together so that right before the Derby, we can all go back and listen again. Jimmy uh, just woke up and she just heard that you were making her go ride in the Mongol Derby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Jimmy's going to go ride in no, the no, Mongol no, Derby no, 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 so no. we can see how that goes. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not well. I'll tell you right now. I, spoiler alert, not well. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the one thing from last year. We had so many people on. By the time the Mongol Derby came, I couldn't remember who was who. So I think we're going to put that together like in one big episode. Uh, so you can go through and just listen to everybody again be right before the Mongol Derby. So. Now you were just at the horse publications and where mm -hmm. they do all of the award ceremonies for all of the podcasts and magazines and all that. How many award-winning podcasts were focused on the Mongol Derby? A zero. Okay. So we're pioneers yet again. Yet again. Uh, that's right. 
Yet the again. official radio show of the Mongol Derby. Derby. That's right. Because <laughs> we're the only that. radio show. Guess, yeah, it's like we're the official radio show of World Equestrian Games because we're the only radio show for the World Equestrian yeah. Games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That pretty much we has been the, the story other. of our 10 years of business, hasn't it? Uh, Absolutely. It's been hilarious. Like, we're the <laughs> official radio show. We're the, you know what? We're pioneers. We're the only live morning radio show about horses and i love saying that and people go oh what station can i listen to i know i still get that too less and less uh but still get it yeah i still on itunes i just say we're on itunes (laughs) or we have an app I still get it over the weekend. Uh, you know, I, I tell them to go do the app because it's just easier. Because even iTunes, if you have an Android, they look at you funny, you know, so because they don't have iTunes. So it's well, uh, who has an Android? I mean, really? uh, 65% now have Androids. What? Yeah. Oh, no. I, uh, Apple's just decreasing in volume. Uh, only about 25% of our people listen on Apple devices anymore. Wow. Yeah, the rest is Androids. I'm, I'm old school. Yeah, you're old school. An Apple, <laughs> you're an Apple fanboy. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow with the Certified Horsemanship Association. And then Sally from Heels Down Happy Hour will be joining Jamie on Wednesday. That's it for today. See you, everybody. All right. Everybody, spay, neuter, geld. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>